Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. On this big Friday morning here at Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM uh, 1240. Uh, right off the top, uh, I see where Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder offered to testify via video before the House Oversight Committee uh, in uh, July. In a letter, it says that uh, uh, offered to testify via video conference in late July, according to a letter his attorney sent to Chairwoman uh, Carolyn Maloney on Thursday. But his attorney stated they uh, have yet to hear from the committee about the dates they submitted. Of course, uh, we all know uh, Schneider is under uh, scrutiny right now, Jeff, with regards to uh, his uh, acts, I guess, with uh, other employees in the office. Yeah, you know, does he not think he's under oath if it's just by video? Who knows how I mean, he thinks? It, it, it's the same city. I mean, come That's on. Right. You know, go down the street and testify uh, in person. Anyway, so he's he's kind of under the gun right now with that. So, uh you know, basically, the committee's been uh, looking at some of his, uh, how would you say, uh, transgressions with employees in the office. And Schneider. I, I still don't understand why it's not the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission overseeing this. I have no idea why Congress is getting involved with that. And maybe it is a toxic work environment. I think they got better things to do, and there's other agencies to look into this. Well, you're not kidding, and uh, it just it goes on. I mean, just just amazing that, uh, and it's almost like he he's just trying to uh, be evasive in that because uh, uh, maybe he feels that uh, he, he his wrongdoing uh, is going to come out with with all the testimony. So uh, anyway, who knows what Daniel Snyder is going to do? And then contemplating buying another piece of property, moving the commanders uh, to another area. I think of Virginia right across the Potomac River, if my memory serves me right. So uh, we'll see what happens. Another big news in the NFL, and this is big news, I feel, uh, Las Vegas Raiders hire Sandra Douglas Morgan to be the first black woman to serve as an NFL organization's team president. And uh, Morgan, who was born in Las Vegas, comes from the Raiders, or to the Raiders, I should say, after previously serving as a chairwoman, executive director of the Nevada Gaming Commission. She also served as a director of external affairs with AT&T Services in Southern Nevada and litigation attorney for international gaming and hospitality. Morgan, who was the first person of color to chair the Nevada Gaming Control Board, is a third woman and third black person to become president of NFL team. She is also the latest Raiders hire to break the barriers. Of course, we all know former Raiders coach Tom Flores was the first Hispanic to coach and win a Super Bowl title. And former coach Art Shell was the first black coach in the NFL Super Bowl era. Morgan spent eight years with the city of North uh, Las Vegas and while also was the first black city attorney in the state of Nevada when she served in that role from 2013 to 2016. And uh, she emphasized leadership and uh, full transparency during her introductory news conference at uh, the uh, Ella Giant uh, Stadium. Uh, she also um, had big shoes to fill. So, uh, you know, hats off to her. And her uh, accomplishment of being the first uh, uh, NFL uh, female black uh, president, Jeff. Yeah, I appreciated a couple of comments. Uh, so, you know, it's no secret the organization has faced some recent challenges. But I want to be clear, I'm not here to sweep anything under the rug or avoid problems or concerns that indeed need to be addressed. So, 
even though she didn't share specific details about how she planned to address uh, certain accusations. Again, workplace uh, issues similar to what the commanders are dealing with there, but maybe not to to the same level uh, of higher-ups. Yeah, Coach Josh McDaniels and General Manager Dave Ziegler welcomed her in, uh, in a prepared statement, and they, they stated that we would congratulate Sandra Douglas Morgan on her historic hiring as a team president. are excited to welcome her into the Raiders family. Sandra brings impressive leadership experience to the organization, and we are thrilled to work with her as we continue to build the championship caliber culture and team, uh, the statement said. And uh, Mark Davis, now the uh, – I guess the owner of the Raiders, uh, son of, uh, of course, uh, uh, the legendary Al Davis, is now running the Raiders. And uh, Morgan's husband, Don, played with the Vikings and the Cardinals from 99 to 02. So it's not like she's not familiar with professional football in that regard since her own husband played uh, in the NFL uh, approximately a little over 20 years ago. So uh, she's got some... uh, uh, some ideas, I'm sure, with uh, feeding with her husband and yeah, all. I, I don't think it's about players and, and choosing players and those kind of things. I think it's about uh, business acquiems. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it's all It's such about a big here. business today. It's not a sports. It, you know, we think of it as a sport, but it's more business-oriented today. The acumen for these people, the knowledge they carry it's going to help in directions a lot of these teams. And you're seeing, and like you mentioned with Snyder, with the EEOC, that's coming into play big time in the NFL. You know, you think of maybe uh, the 53 or the 60, 65 players that these teams have on their rosters, but there are probably another 100 or more uh, personnel that work in the franchise with uh, – marketing and uh, just the receptionists, uh, just everything that comes into play. Just uh, tons of people that work in in these franchises other than the players, which, of course, are the the stable of the the, uh, franchise. But the the employment, I'm sure, I wouldn't be surprised there's 200 people in this organization. Mm, Not at all surprised. Uh, And one of the ways you know how many uh, people are employed how many get championship rings? And it's not unusual to say, hey, we issued 200-plus championship That's rings right. to the organization because they're part of the team, too. Yeah, you'd see that. And uh, it, it just uh, – it just it's words uh, – they got so many people employed. And, and like we mentioned earlier, the EEOC comes into play and uh, equal opportunity. Uh, also, the people they hire and just uh, – with you know parties they have and functions they go to and uh you know with uh, i'm sure tickets they get to the games and uh it's not just the people uh playing on the field with the, the bodies on the field and the coaching staff it's in the trainers and uh, personnel that's involved uh, uh you'd be surprised like even with the saints up the road how many people are involved in that organization on a daily basis so uh We'll see what's going to transpire with that. But hats off to her. Congratulations with her. And uh, hopefully uh, she'll have a, uh, a great career in that regard. So uh, other news I saw too, Jeff. Uh, we hadn't talked about it, but poor uh, Brittany Griner. I mean, she's just going through the ring. Just a heck of a woman's basketball player who uh, from the Houston area uh, enrolled at Baylor uh, back in the day, played at Baylor, won a national championship, and uh, then moved on to the – the Mercury team in Arizona and decided to go play in uh, in the off season over in Russia 
and she had a lot a little, of a lot of them do. Yeah, you're right about that. And she just uh, ran into uh, a lot of problems over there. And right well, now, she brought an illegal substance oh, into the country, yeah. and, and she, she says it wasn't her intent. Right. Well, what was her intent? How, how did it slip into her bag? Uh, you know, maybe she didn't realize it was illegal. Is it legal here? I don't think so. Uh, I, I know certain. Uh, Cannabis oils are right. legal. I, I've never heard hash uh, being legal. I, I don't know, but she had to know what was going on. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, she's, I mean, she's been she's been put through the ringer in that regard, Jeff. And she's, uh, right now, they, she pleaded guilty in the Russian court. Now, here, I, I don't know what the, the rules are up there in Russia, but... Uh, they're talking about a 10-year penalty on her. She'd be missing out on the rest of her basketball career generally. And, uh, of course, she's she's crying out for help with regards to the diplomacy people with the United States uh, diplomatic crew. Uh, I don't know. She even wrote a personal letter to the president asking for help in that regard. Um, she's in a peck of trouble, if you know what I'm saying. And well, then, uh, I'm not certain of that, uh, what I'm Reading about is uh, political prisoners uh, being exchanged. Uh, one story talks about the merchant of death uh, being exchanged. He's halfway through yeah. um, a 25-year sentence, and he could be handed over to Russia in exchange for Brittany. So I, I, I don't know if it'll be all that devastating. Well, and, but I tell you what. Uh, Time served has been, should have been enough. Anyway. Yeah, she was arrested sometime in March or February, I think. So she's been there over 90 days, I'm pretty sure. And in February, yeah. Yeah, she's a legendary uh, women's basketball player. I think she was one of the first ones to, to dunk, too. Of course, she's about six eight or 9. She wears a man's 17-and-a-half-foot shoe. A man's shoe. 17-and-a-half. I think Shaquille O'Neal wore 22, Bob Lanier, those type people, 22, 23 shoes. And uh, uh, hopefully she can see some daylight in that regard. Uh, you feel for a person like this uh, going over to play basketball, but – Bringing a, a, a substance, you know, and she pled guilty. It's not like she didn't know what she wasn't doing, maybe, but she did plead guilty, and now she's at the mercy of the uh, Russian, uh, uh, I guess, government, and don't know if they'll use her as a pawn, too. You know, our ties with Russia haven't been really good in the well, last like said, few you know, years. There's a lot of discussion about being traded for a uh, Russian uh, prisoner here. So. Yeah. So, anyway, Brittany Griner, hopefully, uh, you know, play for Kim Mulkey at Baylor uh, during the day and uh, won a national championship uh, for Baylor back in uh, 2000, maybe 12, 13, sub 14, maybe somewhere in there. And uh, so, uh, wish her the best. Hope things can come to uh, be ironed out and she can get back to the States and enjoy her career, to further her career in the women's NBA. Anyway, Jeff, uh, I've got a couple things to talk about in the next segment uh, in that regard. So let's go ahead and take our first break of the morning. You listen to Kane Radio's Bayou Sports uh, on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. At Arsenal Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford mobile service van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle and I'll handle the rest. Ford mobile service. We make it easy at Arsenal Ford. 
The Critter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions, and on Saturday, it's Swampland Revival. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, and 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Don't forget, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio. And a little NFL news, of course. uh, I think uh, we talked about the Raiders hiring the first black woman uh, team president. Uh, Elsewhere, you know, a famous old actor, uh, Brian Song, if you ever see that movie, uh, I've seen a lot of men cry watching that movie. Of course, James Caan, who who was in the uh, movie with... uh, uh, playing uh, uh, Brian Piccolo, uh, who passed away after I think he was in his third year in the NFL from uh, lung cancer. Uh, uh, James Kahn, who uh, who did uh, played the part of Brian Piccolo in that movie, passed away recently. And uh, he also, uh, if uh, he he made a, he also had a lot of the Godfather. That that was his prima donna. That was the movie that. Uh, put him on the map too but Brian's song was just a great movie in that regard so uh and during his time as an actor Khan who actually played football at Michigan State in the 50s uh well his uh part with uh, Brian Piccolo and Brian's song uh just was a great movie Chicago Bear halfback uh Jeff uh don't know if you recall him playing for the Bears back in the late 60s I, I remember I, I remember the final days I don't necessarily remember him in a game my first, I went to a Bear game in November of 1970 at Wrigley Field. That was my first Bear game, uh, and it was disappointing because Gail Sayers, uh, that was, he was injured uh, once again, and he didn't play in that game, but uh, they played Buffalo uh, in 1970. But no, I, I can't say because, uh, because of his illness, I don't think he played in 69 or 70, so... Well, uh, and I think you're right about that. But also, uh, 
uh, just sticking with football, Mike Shanahan, Mike Hogram among 54 uh, pro football Hall of Fame semifinalists. Uh, uh, I don't know when they're going to look at the finalist class, but Shanahan, of course, coached the Broncos to two uh, Super Bowl titles. Holmgren also uh, uh, also won a Super Bowl with the uh, Packers. And their list of 25 former players includes uh, people like Ken Anderson, Roger Craig, uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson, uh, Lester Hayes, those are names, Randy Gratishar, Maxie Bond. I think Maxie Bond played with the Eagles back in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, Tommy Nobis, Atlanta Falcon fame. Chuck Holly with the Cowboys, uh, wide receiver Otis Taylor. It's hard to believe Otis Taylor's not in the Hall of Fame right now. He was a t- tremendous wide receiver with the Chiefs. Still see him breaking that tackle in old Tulane Stadium and scoring against the Vikings uh, to put him up 23-7. to uh, Mark Clayton of the Dolphins, Stanley Morgan. So uh, Chris Hinton, the offensive lineman, Bob Kuchenberg from that Dolphin team. So uh, Hall of Fame uh, people out there. Rune Orledge is also on the rema- remaining list of uh, contributors. Of course, uh, he was the one that uh, ABC got Monday Night Football going, Rune Orledge, uh, with his picks. Uh, I'm trying to remember that first night. Uh, uh, I can't. Say Howard Cosell was on that no, first night. No, he was night. not. I, I think it was Keith. Um, Keith Fleming? No, no. Uh, legendary college. Uh, oh, Jackson. Keith, Keith Jackson. Jackson yeah, been. Keith Jackson. And they had one other. Don Meredith was a little too soon for Don Meredith, I think, too. Uh, that 70 broadcast, September broadcast in 70 for Monday Night Football. And uh, I'm trying to recall who might have been the other commentator. I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if the former New York Giant, uh, who then became a longtime Monday oh, Night. Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford, his name was escaping me, but yeah. he may have been on that first team. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that Monday Night Football, Rune Orledge, uh, got it going, uh, did a lot for ABC in his time. Uh, the, some of the other coaches, of course, Rich McKay, uh, Art Modell, uh, Clint Murchison. You, I, I mentioned Clint Murchison's name. A lot of people don't know that name, but he was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody thought Tex Scram was the uh, owner of the oh, Cowboys, no, no. and he might have owned a little bit, but Clint Murchison was the uh, owner of the Cowboys in See, that the, regard. He, he was the one who sold it to Jerry Jones? No, I'm pretty sure he did. That or his estate, from what I can recall. Uh, they mentioned a few other coaches uh, and players here. Uh, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, also Jim Tunney, the, ref- the old referee. Uh, Clark Shaughnessy, uh, Clark Shaughnessy coached in the NFL. He was one that brought about the T formation uh, in the NFL uh, back in the. Uh, that was George Hallis. Well, uh, Clark Shaughnessy had a lot to do with the mm. T formation, uh, uh, and also uh, he was one I think that even dropped back the punter for punting. Back in the day, the hunter used to stand back about eight yards, hit the snap, and just boom it away. And uh, Shaughnessy, I think, had the, had the punter in the punt formation and all. But uh, we'll see what uh, transpires with this committee. Uh, we'll find out who some of the, who the finalists might be come January around Super Bowl weekend, I do believe. Uh, they announced the, uh, uh, the certain coaches and former players for enshrinement in that regard. Uh, just uh, one last tip, tip bit. I know hockey had their big well, draft uh, last uh, night. Be- Go before ahead. we move on from the NFL, yeah. did you see this uh, statement by NFL executive Troy Vincent says flag football is the future of the sport, wants it in the Olympics. But uh, that's a pretty big indictment on your league if flag football is the future of the game. 
I, I did not see that particular. I know the name Troy Vincent uh, in that regard, but flag football in the NFL. Uh, would, in other words, uh, I guess the, uh, the people to be that, uh, you know, tackling has, you know, they've really come down on tackling, uh, you know, especially with the quarterbacks. I'll have a quote about that for our quote of the day. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But, no, I didn't see that. Apparently but, uh, the NFL is working toward making flag football an Olympic sport as soon as 2028. And, you know, again, uh, are they just looking for a sport that the U.S. can dominate because we're the only ones who play it as such right now? There may be some other uh, uh, countries that have some affinity for um, what we know as NFL football. But quoting Vincent, he said, when we talk about the future of the game of football, it is no question flag when i've been asked over the last 24 months in particular what does the next 100 years look like when you look at football not professional football it's flag it's the inclusion and the true motto of football for all there is a place in flag football for all well you know when i think about it the flag football it probably is played around the world but army and navy base and air force base is where (laughs) united states servicemen uh pretty much are are, are, are grounded to uh, that's where flag football is played but uh, flag football in the Olympics uh, the United States brought about basketball in 36 so uh, and they dominated until uh, Russia decided to uh, and the officials in 72 <laughs> to claim uh, give them three tries to make the bucket in that 72 game but uh, uh, it'd be interesting uh, flag football uh, they probably have girls teams too you know, when you think about it. Uh, that's what he talks about uh, football for all would be women, you know, maybe not the, the most muscular people have to play. Maybe speed uh, right. important, but not necessarily the, the biggest guys. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but again, the, the fact that he's ruled out professional football is certainly suggesting that the NFL's not ready to, you know, tie flags to these guys. But um, still, I think that's a pretty big statement uh, about your own league when you think flag football is the future you know you look at baseball it, it was brought to uh china or i should say japan back before world war ii and it's pretty much spread throughout the world uh, about the only area i can't think of where they have teams is uh maybe in uh, africa and uh mostly i i, I can't say uh Eastern Europe, I guess, uh, it's not that popular. Korea has jumped on it, Japan, some China. And uh, we've seen some of the uh, players from those countries. Uh, <laughs> best baseball player in the world right now is Otani, mm-hmm. a, a Japanese uh, a young man. So uh, it's caught on, but it only took about 80, 90 years to, for it to catch on throughout the world. And the World Baseball Classics, uh, they used to play that with the professional athletes. but It's uh, coming back. It is coming back? Okay. They, they have scheduled it for uh, 2023. Okay. And uh, that went well, I thought. And I think, the, wasn't it the Korean team? The just South the Korean time team? of the games was kind yeah, of a burden. Yeah, just you around know? the world, sure, when they play it. So, But they had uh, many. What, they have, I think there were 12 or 16 uh, nations that had teams. Something to that effect. And uh, played uh, to the end. I think the the last time I re- can recall, I think South Korea ended up winning it in that regard. Of course, most of the kids that played for the USA, and correct me if I'm wrong, were mostly college kids and minor league players. Is that is that my uh, recall? Yeah, it was spring training. Yeah, know, that's it, right. It, it that's often right. occurs during the Major League Baseball spring training. So, yeah, 
I would think uh, amateurs and minor leaguers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so interesting uh, in that regard. So, so we'll, Some retired players played, too, if I remember right. I think you are correct in that regard. And that was like in maybe 06, 08, somewhere up in there when they played those games. And they've done it uh, at least couple three times. times. Then. At least three times. Yeah. But uh, interesting to see how that's going to play out. Tag, uh, I should tag football, but flag football uh, in that regard. So, tag, you got to pull those those stripes off the belts with the Velcro, I guess. Uh, um, and we'll see what transpires. Uh, by 2028, he stated maybe it would be an Olympic sport. That's their the goal. goal. But, okay. again, whether or not the IOC buys into the idea, especially that soon. Well, that, maybe that isn't that soon. But, uh, anyway, All March right. March of 2023, they're going to be playing again in uh, various parts of the world, uh, Taichung, Tokyo, Phoenix, and Miami. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our second break this morning. Come back with today in history and sports. You're listening to Kane Radio FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with the last segment right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions, and on Saturday, it's Swampland Revival. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern, and 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. Don't forget, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. At Arsenal Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle, and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsenal Ford. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this Friday, July the 8th. Uh, Today's history in sports uh, got a a lot of interesting uh, uh, things. Uh, In 1889, John L. Sullivan successfully defends his the last official sanctioned bare-knuckle world heavyweight prize-fighting championship as he beats Jake uh, Kilrain's 
uh, as his J- kill range trainer throws in the towel after 75 one-minute rounds. Oh, Lord. And, and they fought that near Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And, of course, uh, Jim Corbett ended up uh, in New Orleans, takes away the title in September of 92 at the Olympic Club. He beats uh, uh, John L. Sullivan. Meanwhile, in 1909, the first baseball game, minor league to be played under the lights. That happened. Uh, I think the first major league game was in the late 30s. In 1946, baseball grants a $5,000 minimum salary. Uh, guess what, folks? It's now 700000 is the minimum salary in the, in the Major League Baseball for 2022. 1960, Fidel Castro ends Havana's International League team. The Sugar Kings moved to New Jersey, so mo- no more minor league baseball in Cuba. In 1963, Australian Margaret Smith wins her first of her three Wimbledon titles, beating Billie Jean Moffitt. Elsewhere, Joe Morgan, first Houston player with six hits in a game. That happened in 65. Uh, before they traded him to the Reds. In 1973, the Mets are 12-and-a-half games back on this date. They go on to win the pennant with uh, an aging Willie Mays being traded back to the Mets and to play his final years in New York. In 1985, Marge Schott becomes the CEO of the Reds. In 2000, Wimbledon tennis uh, great uh, Venus Williams wins her first career Grand Slam, uh, beating American Lindsay Davenport. In 2015, the Washington Redskins have their trademark vacated on the grounds it may cause offense to Native Americans. By, by the way, great episode of South Park. Really? It's, it's as blue as you get, uh, but, but it mocks the the trademark loss okay and so the boys start up a company called the redskins and dan snyder's all up in arms over that uh, and it's just it's it's so funny i stumbled upon it maybe two months ago it, it's classic if uh, if one you like south park two if you like mocking uh-huh. and three you don't care for the redskins it's it's something to watch well uh that officially of course they became the Washington football team for, what, five years now or or six years. Anyway, in 2021, Major League uh, Padres relief pitcher Dan uh, Camarena gets his first hit and second career at bat. He gets a grand slam off Max Scherzer, I mean, for his first career hit and his second at bat. You know, it's funny. That reminds me, you know, uh, last week I saw a stat, uh, a Cub rookie, Mm-hmm. got five hits in a game right. in the number nine position. And this was the first time a National League, play, National League rookie got five hits batting in the number nine position. And they made a big deal out of it. And I'm thinking to myself, is it not lost on them that pitchers traditionally were batting ninth? This is the first year without pitchers batting, or at least the designated hitter uh, right. is in effect. So that's really not shocking that it took 100-plus years for a number nine hitter to get five hits in a game. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and how often does the number nine position even get five at-bats? That's right. It looks, but but it's it completely lost on these announcers. It is. It is. Anyway, uh, birthdays today. You ready? Rune Orlich celebrates his birthday, Teddy. We talked about him earlier. He's a candidate for the National Football League Hall of Fame, American Sports Broadcasting President, Monday Night Football and ABC News, born in New York. 1935, John David Crow, the American college football player and tight end and running back for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. 
Uh, Heisman Trophy winner in 57. He was one that got away from LSU. Bear Bryant talked him into going to A&M. Meanwhile, uh, he was born in Marion, Louisiana, and I'm not sure where that is up in North Louisiana. In 1952, Jack Lambert celebrating a birthday today. And uh, also, uh, Jack Lambert with the quote of the day with, you know, they constantly were changing the quarterback rules, the protection of the quarterbacks. And Lambert stated, why don't they just wear skirts? You know, <laughs> Jack Lambert, uh, Hall of Fame uh, linebacker from that Pittsburgh Steelers teams in the 70s that dominated uh, with four Super Bowl wins. So uh, that's uh, today in sports history. Jeff, anything to wrap it up before we go to the Breakfast Club and Lee K? No, I think we're ready. I certainly want to thank our sponsors, including Arsenal Ford, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane, hey, don't forget about Dollar Can Beer at the Quarter Tavern while uh, it lasts. Cane Row Golf and Turf Club and Schwing Insurance. Appreciate all of their support of Bayou Sports. As you mentioned, Lee Kane, the Breakfast Club. Coming up, stay with us. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. Louisiana Radio.